Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome, friends, to another r slash pro revenge video. Today, we've got a great story of revenge against a high school bully. But first, a story from ManyBridge4619. A coworker was apparently sexist against our boss so I let him drown. This happened about a decade ago at another company. Some details changed for anonymity. All names are fake. I was encouraged to share by a buddy. I worked in a decently sized team of engineers. Me and another guy we'll call John were juniors in the team and from a similar cultural background, which I guess he took to mean we were destined to be friends. For a few weeks or a month or two, it seemed that we were in the honeymoon phase of a new job and relationship meeting up with our newly minted work friends and learning a lot, and making silly mistakes, laughing them off, and staying late to fix them. Typical new job stuff. Our team was strong, and we had good senior engineers who were honestly probably some of the best professionals I've met in a while, since they provided the rare mix of guidance and space to help us and point us in the right direction, but not do things for us. The only unusual thing about our team was, our boss is a lady, we'll call her Kate. Nothing wrong with that, obviously, it's just that the specific company, at that specific location, at that specific time, had almost no women. Now, being a normal, healthy person, I barely noticed and certainly didn't care about Kate's gender, she was a very good boss, who I got along with great, maybe since we have similar personalities, and frankly, she was the reason I stayed at that job long after I'd hit my ceiling there. Anyway, in that time, I noticed that John didn't seem to respect Kate or take her seriously. He'd be more likely to listen to male senior engineers and pay attention. In fact, at one point, we had a meeting with Kate that he happened to miss where she gave us some direction. I personally didn't agree with the idea and didn't think it was the best way to do things or would even work. So when we later had a small meeting with John, a senior engineer named Mike, who explained the way forward to start the meeting, and another guy working on that part of our task, I raised my concerns and explained why I wasn't confident about it. John basically laughed at me and said that Mike knew what he was doing and my concerns were all overblown. I was so shocked by him throwing me under the bus in public like that, when we were supposedly friends. All I remember doing is kind of staring at him and then explaining, well, actually it was Kate's idea. He got quiet and kind of awkward and said, oh, and then, believe it or not, he actually asked me to reiterate my concerns and took them a lot more seriously. For the record, I was mostly wrong and Kate was right. My only win was tweaking a tiny part of what we did, which worked pretty well. This was the first time that I began to believe that John actually had a problem with Kate due to her being a woman. Before that, we were still new in the job and he had kind of a funny personality where he'd act really high energy and extroverted, like he was constantly faking it. I began to pay a lot of attention to the rare occasions he interacted with women and… yep. Talking to the big boss's admin assistant, rude and dismissive, ignores the front desk lady's good mornings. We'd go out for lunch, mean to the waitress who's just a kid for freak's sakes. Eventually, I had a one-on-one -on -one with Kate and kind of danced around my concerns with John. 
I didn't directly say that I thought that he had a problem with women and kind of saw them as not worthy of the same respect that he'd gave to men, but she caught on and basically said that she is aware and has dealt with it before and it just comes with the neighborhood in this industry. Well, that's not going to do at all, I said to myself. By this point, John's attitude had devolved pretty significantly. He began to act like he was now the big man and was now better than our initial friendship. He'd hang out with the senior engineers and make loud, edgy jokes, spend a lot of time at the coffee machine, just laughing and currying favors with others, while I was busy working. More than once, he tried to offload this work onto me, and more than once he succeeded because I'm a living doormat. Even so, I had a new plan, and it was, if I can flatter myself, beautiful, and how simple it was. We got a few new tasks from Kate. These were pretty complex and technical in nature, and to be honest, were not something a newbie could do just alone. You need to ask a lot of questions and do a lot of talking to seniors and other stakeholders before you could get a decent answer. For similar tasks in the past, I'd simply set up meetings for John and I to meet with others and take notes, come up with the future actions, etc. Just figured I was being a good team player by being responsible and seizing efficiencies, etc. But I realized at some point it had the effect of me mostly doing the annoying legwork for John. And a lot of technical work too. Imagine conversations like, Hey dude, can you show me how to make this Excel thing work? And then I go off and basically do it for him. Anyway, what I did was simple. I didn't help John. I did not set up meetings for his project, just mine where I met with seniors and chugged through my stuff. I didn't walk over to John's desk to ask him about advice for my project or see where he was with his. At one point early on, he did ask me how to calculate something, which I didn't know off the top of my head, so I said that. I don't know. I met with Kate and a few seniors to present my project. I'd like to say I knocked it out of the park, but honestly, there were significant problems. Still, they seemed pleased by my efforts, and mostly that I had an 80% solution in 50% of the time. Word to the wise, don't let perfect be the enemy of good, and there is value with providing a mostly, but not totally complete project to your boss, to make sure you're on the right track and giving them some job satisfaction by letting them put that final polish on it. I got kudos, and that was that. A couple weeks later, the actual project due date is bearing down on us. John starts freaking out and asking me where I am with mine, and I casually say, oh yeah dude, I finished that ages ago and presented it. And he looks at me like I'm an alien. He asks for my material, which I gladly point him to, which didn't help him much since our projects were pretty different. Again, he tries to bug me to do his work for him, but again, I simply say, I don't know. I didn't actually attend the meeting that I'm told followed. From what I heard, it was obvious that John not only executed very poorly, he simply hadn't put much effort into it. And when Kate asked him questions and stuff in the meeting, remember she was his boss, he was nasty and dismissive and tried to get the seniors on the team to join him in ganging up on her, which didn't work because, again, she was the boss. He might have hung around for another month or two before he was out. Never asked if he was quit or fired, never heard, and don't really care. I just found him on LinkedIn and it appears that his career languished for a while after that. Meanwhile, Kate was promoted a few times and so was I, until I became a senior engineer where I hit my ceiling as described. She continued to be an excellent boss, even while I went through some pretty nasty personal business, and we've kept in touch over the years. So the moral of the story is, women are people too, including when they're your own boss. 
treat people respectfully and don't neglect your job duties or else I will simply let you drown. The end. Would you guys agree that for people like this who become a little too dependent on letting other people basically carry them through everything, that just letting them drown is actually the right thing to do at some point? Just rip that cord and let them go? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. And by the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below as well so you never miss any of my daily videos. Our next story is from San and Tears 1. We're sending you home with dying dog disguised as healthy. Face the wrath of a cancer patient. I thought about where to write this. It's been a couple of years and at this point, I would intentionally take in this type of dog to give him a good life, if only for a few weeks. This said, we got a dog from a local chapter of a large national rescue. We were told he was a two-year-old they found wandering on the street. But according to the little evaluation form they had, he checked all the healthy boxes. We raised some concerns, which they said were normal. Long story short, he suffered a series of grand mal seizures and died a month after he came home. He was an elderly dog with cancer and the vet who examined him pointed out all the things their vet would have identified indicating his senior status. The seizures also would have been observable before they sold him. Even if someone was totally open to giving him end-of-life love, they hid his condition leading to a lot of suffering. He really didn't have to die that way. This is where I come in. At this time, I'm a cancer patient with rage issues and no good outlet. Until this moment. I decide not only are we going to yell at the staff and get our money back, I am in my bald, pale, cancer-looking state going to scream at them because who's going to strike back at me? I read them the riot act. I'd be lying if I said I didn't throw in occasional signs of the cancer getting to me for dramatics. Then I went on every online platform, Facebook group, basically anywhere people might listen or search to detail exactly how they scammed us, said they didn't have the funds to visually inspect dogs before selling them, and I mean literally stand at a distance to visually inspect them, etc. I went into great detail about the way he suffered because they lied. So everybody involved thought the right thing to do was try to treat him instead of making him comfortable so he could pass peacefully. They never took responsibility or admitted guilt, but the lead vet who told me that they couldn't be expected to actually look at a dog from a distance, check their teeth, or watch the cameras installed in the kennel area was fired shortly after. The site director who told me they couldn't be expected to say we aren't sure if they didn't have the money to properly evaluate things like if a dog was neutered was also very publicly fired. I did call both by name, so even now, years down the road, I hope it's followed them every time they apply for new jobs. Usually, I like to be an advocate for allowing people a platform to, I guess you would say, not get cancelled and have that plague ruin their chances of ever rebounding in a career. But downplaying everything that went on here with all of these dogs and trying to justify their actions and blame it on, oh, we don't have enough money. Those are the kinds of people that clearly have chosen what side they stand on, show they have no actual consideration to any of these dogs, and frankly I think maybe it should follow them for the rest of their lives. Our next story is from Brinkin. Move your lousy girlfriend here and never want to spend time at her place? Think again. Back in college I was living in a house with three of my friends. One of these friends was a bad roommate. 
never cleaned, never chipped in on shared resources, cleaning supplies, etc. You get the gist. Well, it became even more unbearable to live with him when he decided to have his girlfriend move in without consulting any of us. She never contributed to rent and also didn't clean. He gave her his copy of our house key and she moved in. Even after attempts of talking to him about it, he didn't agree with us. We'd ask why they couldn't spend some time at her place and he said it was because she lived with her parents on the other side of town. Our house had three floors and each floor had a door that was unlocked by the house key. The house also had a front door that was always unlocked that none of us had a key to. Roommate and his girlfriend would always go out at night and come back late. Maybe you can see my petty revenge brewing already. One night they went out and I decided to lock the front door so they couldn't get back in. In the wee hours of the morning they tried to come back but the front door was locked. After banging on the door, trying to throw rocks at our window, etc., they finally gave up and he was forced to go back to her place, where he should have been all along. Had to get an Uber to go all the way to the other side of town too. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. You are a major jerk if you move into a shared living arrangement and then without ever mentioning it, try to bring your partner in. Like, in theory, I could see how you could justify to yourself that it's not that big of a deal. Like, oh, we'll just share the same things or, oh, we'll just buy extra things just for us. But no, you gotta run that by your roommates, man. These people sound kind of unbearable. This right here is a classic John Lennon bringing in the Yoko Ono to break up the Beatles. Except in this case, the Beatles is just a meh three-roommate living arrangement. Our next story is from Focused Buffalo. Drink my coffee? Enjoy gagging on a vile cocktail. My routine to get coffee is usually like this. I take my water bottle and fill it up, get a cup of coffee. I prepare it by adding one spoon of sugar, one shot of black coffee, which is basically an espresso shot, and then a cup full of strong coffee setting. Perfect for how I like it. I bring the coffee and my bottle to my desk and then go off to pee. That way the sugar dissolves and the coffee cools a bit too. I have a colleague who's also become a close friend, He started this annoying thing to take a sip from my coffee. He doesn't like coffee, doesn't drink it, a tea guy through and through. When I come back from the washroom, he'll grin at me and then take a sip. He only does it to annoy me and it works. Well today I put the sugar, put two shots of espresso and then use the strong tea setting on the coffee and tea machine. Presenting to you a real cocktail from taste heck. I kept the vile cup of liquid on my desk and went to pee. As I come back, my colleague grins at me, picks up the cup, takes a sip, and spews it out. It was glorious. Hopefully, he's learned his lesson. I don't know the best way to deal with somebody like this in this situation. Like, it feels overly petty to, like, try to report them to an HR or something. But, man, I would not tolerate somebody going and sipping my stuff like that purely just to annoy me. I feel like every single continuous day that they did that, my chances of just slapping them upside the head slowly continues to increase. Our next story is from Harvest Moon Jedi. Don't use my laundry detergent. I used to live in dorms where there was a communal laundry, and I was usually good at remembering to bring my detergent back with me. Well, I forgot one day and left my detergent in my laundry bag on top of the washer I was using. I come back to find my once half-full detergent almost gone. I was pissed because I was 18 with not a lot of money and detergent is expensive, but I was willing to waste some to get some sweet revenge. A week later, it was time to do laundry. 
I poured bleach into the bottle with the little detergent left and forgot it. I purposely put it inside my laundry bag on top of the machine I was using to make it known that obviously it was someone's and not. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that after finishing a small questionnaire will match you with a licensed therapist where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. For communal use. Well, I come back to find my detergent almost gone. So, to the person who used my detergent, I hope you were washing your whites. Honestly, I don't blame OP for doing this, although it would suck to be the person that is sleazy enough to try to mooch off of this. And like, imagine it's like the load with like all of your favorite clothes, probably only the clothes you have, considering you're at a low point where you're trying to steal detergent, and all of them are just ruined, they're pink or whatever. But what if they were actually washing their whites? What if everything worked out just fine here, unexpectedly? Our next story is from One Inch Wonder, Wanna bully me through high school, then cheat off me? I think not. To start with some background to add some context to how big of a deal this revenge was, my high school was a public magnet school with a special program for gifted kids all through the county I grew up in. During our junior year, we had to take a research practicum course that was crucial that we needed to pass to make it to our senior year. The class only had two grades, our final project that took the whole school year to complete, and our final exam, each worth 50% of our grade. Now, I put quotes around gifted kids because that term was very loose. A lot of kids only made it in because they were able to pass the entrance exam. These kids weren't able to make it through the program on their own. Now to the story, in my grade, there was a very sweet but very shy and quiet girl we'll call Jan. Jan was very nerdy, a straight-A student, so she was a target for witchy mean girls in my grade. She was a little on the heavier side and mean girls would snicker at her weight or clothes. 
She never wore makeup and always kept her hair in a messy ponytail. And I would overhear girls talk about how badly they wanted to fix her. This always upset me because Jan was a kind girl with a big heart. She never seemed to let these people get her spirits down. Now in my junior year research practicum class, there was Jan, the biggest mean girl of our school that we'll call Regina George, one of her minions we'll call Gretchen, and two douchey popular guys. Towards the end of the school year, I noticed Regina suddenly being really friendly towards Jan. She would compliment Jan by telling her she looked pretty or by partnering up with her in class. I then noticed that Gretchen and the two boys started sitting near her and acting like she was their best friend all along. Now came the day of the final exam. For our exam, we got a question sheet and a Scantron to put our answers on. They all sat near me, and I noticed that Jan was leaving her Scantron sheet visible so the other four could lean over to look at her answers and copy them down. Whatever, I thought. I saw people like this cheat all the time. Jan was done with her test and nodded over to the four people copying off her. They one by one went up to turn their exams in to the teacher. However, as soon as the last one handed theirs in, Jan quickly started erasing all her answers on the Scantron and filling in the correct answers. She then turned in her exam with the biggest poop-eating grin I've ever seen to this day. The four of them had to retake the class over the summer. I graduated high school over 10 years ago, and I still think of Regina and her minions' faces when they realized the girl they bullied for years just beat them at their own game. I still keep in contact with Jan to this day. She's lost a lot of weight and now works a really high-profile job where I know she makes bank. She also just got married to another woman, and they live together in the same city I now live in. Good for you, Jan. Good for you. This is one of those absolutely beautiful underdog stories that you love to hear about. You sit there and you might say whatever to yourself, but I'm sure there's some level underneath that where you're like, just wish they wouldn't let them hop on their back and ride them all the way to the finish line like that. And after seeing this for probably a whole year, maybe multiple years, BAM, they finally put their foot down and it's beautiful. It's weird because there's almost like no exchange between OP and Jan here, so it's not like OP necessarily has the room to be like, that was nice what you did there. They kind of just have to inwardly be like, alright, go Jan, to just themselves. Our next story is from Queen Sidon 96 ex-boyfriend cheated on me, so I put frogs in his house. The headline pretty much says it all, but I'll add some context. When I was about 20, I was dating a guy that wasn't great. He was emotionally and physically abusive to me and intentionally got me pregnant, causing me to have to terminate that pregnancy. So he put me through a lot of unnecessary trauma. Eventually, I found out he was cheating on me with not one, not two, not even three, but five different women. I was beyond furious and knew I didn't want to sleep with his gross friends as revenge. I had to take this a step further, knowing he had a huge fear of amphibians of any kind. My best friend and I went to a local park and collected some frogs. I still had a key to his apartment, so we drove over there while he was at work, released the frogs, and left. The next day I felt bad for the frogs, so I decided to go back and get them to return them to the park. I called him to see if he was home, and unfortunately he was. He thought I was calling to have a heart-to-heart and was pouring his heart out stating how bad he felt. And of course I could come over. Sucker thought he was getting makeup sex, I was simply trying to collect my frog friends. Anyways, I go over to his apartment, let him continue his little guilt-fused apology slash rant, and when he finished I calmly asked, that's great, but have you seen the frogs? He got dead quiet and said, What frogs? 
and I told him, The ones I put over here while you were at work the other day. You haven't seen them yet? When I tell you I haven't seen a grown man jump up from a bed so fast in panic mode, I had to laugh. Right as I could tell he knew I was being serious, a frog jumped out of his closet. I said, oh, there's one, and he screamed bloody murder, ran out of the house, and called his mom, yelled at me that he wasn't coming back in until I removed the frogs. I did, but I took my time doing so. When I left, he was sitting on the bottom steps, shaking and still on the phone with his mom, wailing, I can't believe she would do this to me. I turned around and said, I can, and then I left. It's a pretty good revenge, but not gonna lie, I'd be feeling bad for the frogs too. I don't think I would be able to do that knowing I'm just rounding all these frogs up to send them in for pretty much what is gonna be certain death. Although I know if I was the boyfriend, I would be very concerned as to where the frogs all came from, but I'm the kind of person where when a frog does get into my house, because it happens, I always try to catch them and put them outside, so it wouldn't be a big issue. I would just be very concerned as to how there's multiple frogs all over my place. Our next story is from King of Zedum. Reject my load of scrap. Enjoy the state up your butt. One time my local scrapyard rejected my 5,000 pound load of steel in my trailer because I had 10 garbage bags of aluminum cans in the back of my truck. This cost me about $1,000 because I had to cancel all my other pickups for the day, the other scrapyard was already closed, and waste gas driving a full load of metal all over the county. I'm just dumping the steel. I want the cans. They say doesn't matter, no forbidden materials in the steel unloading zone, period. I then pointed to the list of prohibited materials and yelled, doesn't freaking say aluminum cans, does it? as I reversed my truck off the scale. The next day at the other yard, I'd note that my whole rig is about 800 pounds heavier by yard B scale than the first yard. I'd understand them rejecting it if I had 20 cinder blocks in the back of my truck, but those were freaking cans. I wanted to recycle them at the other yard. The main steel yard doesn't take non-steel, and the attendant knew that. He was just being a jerk. I anonymously reported them to my state's Department of Weights and Measures for the 10% I noticed they would take off my load sometimes. I had no evidence that they actually did this other than a gut feeling that my loads were a little light. They got shut down for two days while the state tested their scale. I imagine that cost them about as much as they cost me. Honestly, I'd be willing to bet that that cost them a lot more than it cost OP. Having a whole scrapyard shut down for multiple days? I mean, consider how many drop-offs there could have been in those 48 hours. That alone almost assures that they lost a lot more money than OP did, which honestly is pretty satisfying to know of. They'd still be able to be ripping off people left and right to this day if OP didn't get screwed because of cans. And our final story of the day is from OK Consideration 242 Failed a class because of you. No house for you. I was a low-level professional soccer player while I was in college. At least once a semester, I would go off and play in a tournament for a couple of weeks. What was supposed to be my last semester, I took a class with a group of friends. In this class, we had a huge group project that was for a majority of our final grade. My group was two friends, Crystal and Dee, some woman named Tia, and an acquaintance named Carla. Knowing that I'd be traveling from the end of March to mid-April, I decided to do all of my parts for the group project early. Basically, our project was a study of a public hospital's expenses. Over the span of three weeks, I conducted five interviews with different hospital administrators and a board member. I was accompanied by another group member for only one of the interviews. The rest I did by myself. 
I wrote the transcripts, created my reports, and the subsequent analyses from each of the interviews. By doing most of the work for the project, I was made the project leader. I wrote the introduction and the beginning of the body. All in all, I had about 60 pages written out for our final report, as well as the five videotapes of the interviews. Then I left for my tournament. I told the rest of my group to email me if they needed anything, and to keep me abreast with how the project was going. This class was also being instructed by the flakiest professor in the college. He was tenured and also a former political powerhouse. He barely had any class. He had no set syllabus. He used the same syllabus for all of his classes with no specific dates for projects and exams. But having taken his classes a couple of times prior, one gets to know his schedule. He was also informed of my travel dates in writing and via email. Well, upon my return, I tried to contact the group several times. Texts, calls, and emails. No reply from any one of them. I went to class and it was cancelled. No one even showed up, so this must have been planned. I'm still trying to get in contact with my group and still no one is answering me or replying. At this point, I'm starting to get frustrated. I go to the next class. I found out my group is going to present our project. Here's the kicker. I'm no longer part of the group. What the freak? According to Carla, they thought that I wasn't coming back to class because I was gone for so long. I told her I've been calling and texting everyone since I got back in town. They also knew my schedule since it was emailed to all of them as part of the project schedule. During my absence, Carla made herself the project leader since she was the oldest in the group. It is the exact same project. My material was still the bulk of the work done for the project. The entire report was 72 pages long, and that's including the cover and source pages. My original 60 pages was still my original work. They didn't even alter it to make corrections. During the presentation, they even used clips from my interviews. But they didn't even clip out the parts they needed, they just had the interviews pulled up in five different windows and played a clip from where they were timestamped from my notes. You could even hear my voice each time they played a video because they started each clip from where I ask a question. I held my tongue until after the presentation because I knew none of them did any of the work they were supposed to have done. And by quickly perusing the conclusion of the report, they didn't understand what the project was supposed to be about. My first question was the names of the people interviewed. None of them knew their names. My second question was, what was the purpose of the report? Carla tried to BS the answer with, to fire the hospital administrator because he was spending too much money. I asked her specifically, what was hospital administrator's name? She spouted out, Mrs. Cruz. I answered, it was not Miss Cruz, she's the procurement director. The hospital administrator was Dr. Bill McMillan and that she should have known that since she was the one that accompanied me to his interview. They ended up getting a passing grade and my professor failed me due to a lack of group project. I tried to appeal my grade since my work was used in a project and was used without my permission. I went all the way to the university president who got a compromise with the professor to give me a final exam. I aced it, but the damage was still done. I was allowed to retake the course again at no charge the following semester. I even used the exact same project. I don't think he even noticed or cared. I passed. I graduated. Crystal and Dee tried to reconcile with me, but I was done with them. Tia saw me the next semester and said she was sorry for what she did. I told her I had no hard feelings against her. Carla and I met up again later in life. She was at a public housing office and saw me come in. She immediately got up and intercepted me. She asked me how I was doing. 
You know, after failing that class and not graduating from college, I told her that I eventually did graduate. I also congratulated her on her graduation. She said, yeah, thanks to you. I replied, I know. She goes on to tell me how she has a really good job. Continues by telling me how she's making so much money. I say good for you, and then she gets called to the back. I'm going about my business when I get a phone call from an advisor in my housing choice voucher program. He's telling me that there's someone here saying that they know me from college. I come down and he starts to introduce me as the director for the program before I come around the corner. It was Carla and she was renewing her paperwork for the HCV program. I greet her as she looks like she swallowed a cactus. Apparently she's been in the program since college, but she never updated her income status. I told my advisor to take a closer look into it. You know, since she told me she had such a great job and is making so much money now. Yep, she didn't qualify to be in the program anymore. I mean, if you've gotten to a place where you're in a specialized class and you're all going to learn to be in this field, you probably don't want to go burning bridges with the people you work with or the people you have in class. Because who knows, just like Carla experienced here, maybe one day they'll be your boss or work very closely with you. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely awesome revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out the video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.